I want to run for life. Like if I want to just wake up on a Saturday and run, no matter how old I am, I have to do more than just run. I have to start incorporating the other components of fitness. Hey, I'm Caroline, and you're listening to In Her Nature, the podcast and community where you can learn from others' experiences to make your next adventure more approachable. Hey friends, it's been a hot minute since I've jumped on an intro. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for listening. Before we head into our episode with Brie, I just wanted to give a quick heads up. Brie is a physical therapist. She is licensed, but none of this is medical advice. So I just want to make that really loud and clear right in the beginning. Um, She has a huge depth of knowledge and is very well trained in this field of strength for longevity, strength for life. But that is not to say that it's medical advice. So take it all with a grain of salt as always. I hope you enjoy this episode. I had a great time talking with Brie. Brie, thank you so much for joining us on In Her Nature. Would you be able just to introduce us like where's home? What are you doing right now? What are you up to this season? Yeah, absolutely. So um, hi, I'm Brie. Um, I live in North Shore, Massachusetts, a town called Newburyport. Um, what's up this season? So I'm a physical therapist, so I work a neuro outpatient PT. So I'm always doing that. But um, specifically for this season, I threw my name in a couple of lotteries for like Abbott World's major marathon. So hoping I get one of those. So always kind of training for running. We'll see what we'll see what happens for that. Um, me and my husband, we bought a house like a couple couple years ago. So always a house project to do. Yeah. And um, coaching soccer, working, and we're just planning some vacations. But yeah, a little bit of everything. I love it. I feel the same way. My life feels very similar. It's actually funny. I just came back from a run like right before we recorded. And I was thinking today, like, what goals do I want to take like this next year or whatever? I was trying to kind of figure out what I wanted to sign up for. And It's taking me a long time to get there, but I literally today was like, I think I want to put my name in for the New York City lottery, like I marathon lottery. I don't know why, but who knows? But today it kind of hit me. So yeah, I mean, the the nice ones about everyone besides Boston is a lottery. So you can just kind of go and experience it. So yeah. Yeah. Have you done any of the big circuit ones before or is this in 2018? It was, it was the year where it was like 30 degrees and 30 mile per hour wind. So I ran in a poncho for most of it. (laughs) That's so cool. That Boston is like a hundred percent on my bucket list, but I think I'm going to do it when I'm like 60 God willing and I can qualify when it's not as crazy competitive. (laughs) Yeah. I had fundraised. That was my first, that was my first marathon. I fundraised. I went to school in Boston, so I wanted like Boston to be my first one. That's so cool. I literally just got back from there. I have cousins that live out there and we went for like a long weekend and I, I'm wearing my head of the Charles Amazing. rugby yeah. shirt. So that's really funny. <laughs> yeah. I love Boston. I guess. Yeah. I guess this is actually really good. Not a hundred percent what we were planning on talking about, but can you explain to people the differences between like or from your experience, the differences of signing up for those circuit marathons? Because I think people are kind of interested in them, but it's confusing. Like, do we fundraise? Do we, you know what I mean? Can you explain your experience? For sure. For sure. So I, um, I think like if there's a reason you want to fundraise, you know, if there's a cause you're passionate about, go for it. I um, fundraised for the V Foundation for Cancer Research. Um, my grandfather was a huge supporter of my running. He passed away from cancer. So I knew like I wanted to honor him for that, um, you know, and people will show up. Fundraising is 
harder than actually training for the marathon, in my opinion. But you, you know, the people in your life will show up, especially if it's a cause that uh, resonates with you. With you. Um, but for the lottery, since I already like I have ran Boston, I've just I put my name in for London. I didn't get it, so I'm just kind of dabbling in that. And um, I think it it's like. 200 euro for Berlin. And then it was like 260 for Chicago. So it is, it is a little pricier than a typical race, but, um, I think it's worth it. You know, there's six world majors. So, yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about it today. So it's, I think it's Boston, Chicago, New York, yeah. Berlin, Tokyo, and is Paris the last London. one? London's the, London. London. Yeah. Okay. That's super cool. I that's so weird. Today literally it hit me. I was like, I think I want to try a circuit race, which is so off the cuff for me usually. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, Bree, today we're talking a little bit about strength. Your background as a PT, I think, is very interesting and something our listeners can really relate to. So for people who maybe think of PTs as like giving you stretches and sending you home, can you give us like a little bit more comprehensive look at like what your day-to-day looks like as a PT? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my my personal like PT journey is a little bit niche because I do outpatient neuro. So I work with patients who have had brain injuries or strokes, which is also a type of brain injury, um, any type of progressive neurodiagnosis like Parkinson's or MS. So it is a little bit different than, oh, I sprained my ankle and now I'm going to PT to strengthen, strengthen my ankle. But it's still the same concept, right? You're learning these skills. You're learning the exercises, balance, how to walk the best way for you again. And then my, I always say like PT is not forever. You know, you're supposed to learn these skills and then take it on your own and implement them into your life. So um, it's a lot like coaching. I soccer, I'm a soccer coach as well. So, you know, you're making, you're helping people find the best way for them to live and move kind of no matter what they're going through, even though neuro is a little bit, you know, um, touch and go sometimes with what's safest. For sure. I love that. I am in, I'm in dental school right now and we have a lot of people on the podcast that are healthcare adjacent. And so just that side of me always likes to kind of like interprofessionally tell people what the careers are that you probably don't think they are, you know, like there's a lot of avenues in these spaces. So I love that. I think it gives you a perspective like we're going to talk about today that will be really helpful. So Um, you said you were a runner. So would you be able to explain like, what are some key components to like just overall like well-being? And you talked a lot about movement, but what are some key components to like our fitness? Yeah, for sure. So, um, there are, you know, if you look at like exercise guidelines, there are specific components of fitness. So it's like flexibility, strength, endurance, cardiovascular fitness, and body composition, but there's also different components too. So like agility, balance, coordination, um, all of those, you know, make up an exercise routine or, you know, movement as a whole. So you could dabble in all of them. I think variety, variety and consistency are so important for exercise in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about that because we have said if we could get paid for how many times we preach consistency, we'd all be millionaires (laughs) because it's every time it's like consistency is key. So can we break down what variety looks like and what consistency looks like? Because I think these are really critical things for like longevity and sustainability, which is what we're looking for. Yes, absolutely. So um, consistency is just, you know, keeping up with the exercise routine. And I think 
there's a couple of components that are so important for that. One is it has to be something you like to do. You know, you're not going to be consistent with something if you don't like to do it. And I think that's really great about exercise is that there's so many options you can choose. You know, it doesn't have to be, oh, I'm going to go strength train for 20 minutes. You can do something that you enjoy and still get, um, you know, the good, a good benefit. Um, so it has, it has to be something you enjoy that way you keep doing it. And then variety. I think there's so many, you know, if we're going into like the anatomy of it, you know, there's different muscle fibers and different ways that we can utilize energy to exercise, um, anaerobic versus aerobic, like fast twitch muscle fibers, slow twitch muscle fibers. So in order to activate all of that and be, you know, your strongest, best moving self for, you know, longevity for, you know, for life, um, it's important to implement all of that. So you get the variety to do that. Wow, that was so well said. I've never heard anyone explain it like that. And that was amazing. I'm like just soaking in that for a second because it's so weird how like I have been feeling, I think it's the seasons changing, but I've been feeling like very, like certain things you just said I've been having issues with. Like yeah. my workout routine has not been consistent. Mm -hmm. So things are starting to crop up a little bit. Yeah. And so I love that. And then I've also been noticing that like I, my body craves variety. Mm -hmm. So I used to be, well, I still am kind of like a long-term lifetime runner. I've yeah. always identified as a runner. But now I'm starting to dabble in like strength training and triathlon stuff and mm -hmm. less running. And I feel a little guilty about it. I don't really know how to describe it, but it's like if I'm not running X miles a week, I feel guilty. So I love the idea that like it's okay to have variety in your routine. Yeah. And I think what, you know, I um, I started out as a soccer player, you know, lifelong soccer player. And I was like, oh, I'll just join track to stay in shape. That was ninth grade. And then I fell in love with running. It was everything to yeah. me, you know, like trail runs, just getting lost in the woods. It was it meant it's the world. And then in 2018, after I ran Boston, I did like three half marathons right after that. And then by the third one, I limped the whole way through that half marathon because I hurt my knee. And then I couldn't run for five months and it was awful. Wow. So I think that's when I started to realize like, you know, if I want to run for life, like if I want to just wake up on a Saturday and run, no matter how old I am, I have to start incorporating those other other components of fitness, flexibility, balance, strength. And that's what, that was my eye-opening, like, you know, epiphany that if I want to do this for life, I have to do more than just run. Oh my gosh. That's insane. I literally was thinking about that yesterday, how I was kind of dabbling with strength training yeah. and I kind of tweaked my knee like a touch and I'm really have had very little knee pain, gratefully. Mm -hmm. So I like freaked out because you know, you hear that thing when a non-runner is talking to you or someone that hasn't really run a lot, they're like, you're going to shred through your knees. Yeah. And you always kind of think in the back of your brain, like, am I? I really don't think I'm going to. So when I started to have knee pain crop up, I was like, oh my gosh, it's happening. Like, just like they said. So I love that you have this kind of wider perspective on running and movement in general, because I think it's so easy to get myopic and just zoom in and be like, I want more running, so I'm going to run more. Yeah. Um, so in your own life, what has, how have you kind of like committed to lifelong running? Like what does your routine kind of look like and stuff like that? I would say it definitely shifts with the seasons. So since we're approaching winter now, I probably will only run four to five times a week as opposed to, I do 
in the summer, spring, fall, I do run every day still, but you know, different intensities, you know, you don't, it doesn't have to be your hardest run every single run, different lengths, um, different reasons, you know, tempo runs, intervals, long runs. So I've gotten smarter about my running definitely as I've gotten older. So, um, what I'm doing now, as I would say, I'm pretty scheduled. So I'll tell you exactly the schedule. So Yay. Monday, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I like schedules. So Monday I do six to eight miles in the morning and then I do core. Tuesdays is usually like a spin day for me. I have a Peloton, so that's easy. I don't have to go anywhere for it. So spin and then I try and do upper body or lower body. Wednesday is another six to eight, but I try to do like more tempo this time. And then Thursday, same as Tuesday, just if I didn't do arms, then I do legs and switch like that. Friday, Friday, I do whatever I want to do. That's my rule for Friday. I wake up and it's like, whatever I'm feeling, I just need to get like 30 minutes to 60 minutes of movement in. It does not matter what it is, it's Friday, you know, TGIF, I wake up and I'm like, what does my body need today? And I do it. And then Saturday is always usually a long run. And then Sunday, um, like today I did a leg, leg circuit and then I ran a little bit and then yoga because I'm trying to be better about flexibility. Yeah. Okay. I appreciate <laughs> that is incredible. I give you a lot of credit for someone who has a demanding job that it's hard to keep yourself accountable, but I love when you were like, I have a routine, I'm going to share it. I'm like, let's hear it because once you hear other people's, you start to kind of visualize it. Okay, I can fit that here. I can fit this here. Yeah. Um, how long have you been on your schedule and how long did it take you to kind of find what works for you? Yeah, this is uh, my this is my third job as physical therapist. I started out in rehab and then with COVID, I just had to move to outpatient because it was just a little tough in a, the rehab setting. But um, yeah. so it's really just based off my work hours. Monday and Wednesday, I go in later. So I do my long run in the morning. I prefer to work out in the morning and I just have more time Same. for it. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about if you don't mind, like I would really appreciate going into the weeds a little bit because yeah. I love a takeaway. I think that's like really helpful for everyone. So um, six to eight miles, how did you kind of pick that range for you? I, you have a lot of base, but for someone who may be yeah. a little bit on the newer spectrum, what might that core chunk of miles look like? Yeah. So my, um, my like mindset for running is I, my personal one is I always want to be able to run a half marathon. Like I always want to be in shape enough to run a half marathon. So that's like my base distance, I guess. That's what I've set the goal for myself. So six to eight is about half of a half marathon. So that's how I do that. Um, you know, there that's, it's way beyond the, you know, recommendations of aerobic exercise that, you know, if you're just starting out, you would need, um, guidelines are usually like 60 minutes of vigor, vigorous aerobic activity or 150 minutes of moderate um, intensity activity. But it just, it depends what your fitness goals are. So that's, that's mine. <laughs> I love that. And I, I, again, this is so like wild how these thoughts I've had like before this interview are now surfacing again, because literally yesterday I was like, I think I just, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. I'm like, I think I just want to do a half marathon like well yeah. I just want to run a strong half marathon I used to be under like really longer distance stuff and mm-hmm. that hasn't been feeling as comfortable with my body so I'm starting to kind of like rearrange what sounds fun and I love that you're like I just want to do a half marathon if one sounds fun and a friend invites me to do one you know I think that's such a fun goal 
Okay, so let's talk about, I love the spin, like kind of peppering in a spin or a different type of movement. Mm -hmm. So you do spin like twice a week or once a week? What's your vibe on that? Twice a week in the winter. um, But if it's Friday and I wake up and I want to spin, then it's three times. (laughs) Um, but I love so that. then in like the, but the warmer weather, I just want to be outside. Like I always say the only thing I don't like about being a physical therapist is I'm inside. Um, so totally. I really like, just resonate with like sunshine and being outside. So, um, that's, that's, um, I tried not to spend that much because I'm just happier outside with the sun in the other seasons. <laughs> yeah, I totally feel you. And it's nice. You can kind of adapt that. Like if you have a bike and you feel safe in your community, like you yeah. can kind of go for a ride. Oh, for it's just sure. hard to replicate the intensity you get from like a Peloton or like a structured spin class yeah. workout. Yeah. It's also good um, for like hit training or getting some like interval training in if you, you know, if you're doing some, if you need to do low impact or anything like that, it's another totally. benefit for a spin. Oh. I love, yeah, I've been spinning more too. And I think it really helps with like full body stability almost. I don't really know how to describe it, but cause I'm not trained to describe it very well, but I don't know what it is. My body feels more resilient after I've been biking for like a couple months straight. It feels really like a lot better when I run. Yeah. I, well, I think it's just be that variety, right? You're just working your muscles yeah. in a different way. So you're feeling more stable when you run because the muscles that aren't activating or aren't getting, you know, as much activation when you're spinning versus running. So just because you become more of a comprehensive athlete rather than, you know, just a runner, just a spinner, just a weightlifter, you know, it's like, how can you be the best athlete, the best mover you can be for, for, like I said, for life. I love that. Like that is just so true. And I think it really helps with injury prevention too, with everything across the board, which we'll get to. Um, I wanted to ask, so strength, I think for running or people who gravitate towards endurance sports is something we're all like, Oh, I really, I really should be doing strength, but I'm not doing enough of it. How do you wrap your brain around that? And how do you structure something that's easy to do and easy to get done in the time you have? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, Reps wise, like eight to 12 reps of an exercise is going to make the most difference. And then you know, three reps, uh, three sets. So if you're structuring it based off just like sets and reps, so repetitions of a specific exercise, let's just use bicep curls. So you're doing eight to 12 bicep curls for muscular strength. Um, if you're doing endurance, it's going to be closer to 20 and maybe you'll only get two sets in. So I think a great way to start is choose five exercises, five exercises that you know, five exercises that you like, and start to do them. And then eventually it'll become part of your routine in that, you know, three sets of eight to 12. And then you can branch out and incorporate more. But it, it is definitely intimidating, especially especially if you don't like going into a gym, right? You know, especially if the yeah. gym setting is intimidating to you um, by it, just by itself. Yeah. We've talked about that. One of my friends, Jess Gresho, she's um, like an athletic trainer and we talk specifically about ski strength mm-hmm. training, but that's the thing I told her. I'm like, dude, I am not comfortable in gyms. Like I'm very comfortable in mm-hmm. sports settings, but I'm really not comfortable in a weightlifting, more masculine energy type of room because yeah. I just don't feel like I'm good at it. And sometimes you do need that confidence. So I think one thing that's helped me is having something written down before. So maybe on like Sunday, the week before, when you're organizing your week a little bit, mm-hmm. just jot down like five exercises that sound doable. Exactly. And that really helps just kind of 
ease into it and then you have a plan and you get in and then you get out and then you like start to build that confidence, which is nice. Yeah. And you're, it's going to not only build your confidence, but you're going to make it a habit too. So, you know, right. when you do something, it's going to become a habit. I think it's, I think it's after like 30 days or something, something becomes a habit. So eventually it just be a part of your exercise routine and, you know, you'll be able to branch out into different exercises as well. I love that. And I think once you start seeing that, the, I mean, they say it like once you start to see gains or just improvement overall and how it also applies into other parts of your week, exactly. that's what clicked it in for me. And I was like, okay, I really have to start doing this. Yeah. So I love that. I love this Friday. Like you get to do whatever you want. It's like reward movement in exactly. a way. So I, I think that's so great because we work hard and when you get to Friday, it does feel like you've earned something. Mm -hmm. So give it to yourself, give what your body needs. And if it's an extra rest day, that's amazing or whatever. But I so love that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I've been trying to do more like rest days and to me, rest day doesn't mean no movement just because I think, you know, like overall, like you're supposed to move throughout the whole day. It doesn't have to be your hardest movement or your most challenging movement, but even if it's just like a walk or, you know, I've been putting on my pellet stove and doing like yoga by it. So it's hot yoga. <laughs> like the most affordable hot yoga we've ever seen. <laughs> House projects are expensive. We're on a budget for extra. I so love that because it's funny. You like do want to do these like fun bougie classes sometimes. Like I love bar, but I don't do bar enough to like kind of make the price monthly price like in my brain worth it so I'm like oh, I guess I'm not doing bar anymore but that's not true like you can always kind of adapt and find something like if you want to do it it sounds fun do it I love that energy yeah okay so you said something really important that I struggle with a lot is that like a rest day doesn't mean no movement mm -hmm. I really put a lot of like quantification and qualification over my movement. So say I do a workout, like I swam on Friday because I just wanted to be underwater and not listen to my phone or anything. Like I didn't want to make a decision. I just wanted to be swimming, yeah. but I only swam for a half hour. I get out. I'm like, wow, that was only a half hour. Like, I think I have to do something else. And then I was like, no, that's fine. Like, <laughs> yeah, you don't have to keep doing more. So the question I guess I have for you is how have you gotten to a point where you're kind of like comfortable with whatever movement you get out of the day is good movement. Cause I feel like I really struggle with that. Yeah, I think, well, I'll start it. Like if you're just starting, you know, if you're just starting movement and you're just starting strength training, like, you know, 20 to 30 minutes is an effective workout. You know, you don't, we're, we're used to endurance runners, right? So we're going for like two hours, three hours. And then we're like, Oh, that's enough for the day. But you know, you're work going back to like those muscle fibers, even like you're working them differently. So strength training, you're going to be working more of like, uh, fast twitch muscle fiber, it's going to tire out a little bit more. So your body is going to feel that fatigue just in a different way. And it's kind of becoming aware of the different types of fatigue your body can feel, you know, maybe your heart rate's not at, you know, 60 to 80% of heart rate max, but maybe, you know, your muscles by that third set, you're like, oh my goodness, I cannot lift this dumbbell for another bicep curl, you know, just going back to that strength example. So it's learning kind of the differences your body can feel with a different fatigue. That's how for me too. And then as you're going forward, um, especially if you're in training, right, you need to, you need to let your body rest and recover. Um, but like I said, it doesn't mean no, it doesn't mean no movement. You could still walk, you could still, you could still swim just nice, like just give your body a chance to do something else that maybe you don't typically do. And that could count as a rest day too. 
It doesn't have to be, you know, you're just sitting on the couch all day. It can, it can absolutely be that, but it doesn't have to be if you, you know, if you feel like you need to move your body still that day. Yeah. I love that. And not putting like qualifications on your movement, like all movement is good movement. You don't have to, like you said, yes. go and out I, for I two days. I tell my patients that like all, like that is like a quote I use every single day. All movement is good movement. Okay. Well, we yes. need to make that more well-known, especially we need to drill into my brain because <laughs> I struggle with that so much because half the time I'm like, I don't have time for the perfect workout. So I'm not going to do anything because that's easier than just listening to my body. Yeah. Well, going like time, like you're in, you're in grad school, right? So yeah, well, like grad school, you have no time because you're, you know, you're right. working, you're there. I remember grad school, no time. There's no time for anything, but like even, so you're studying for so you're, you're studying for finals. I'm sure finals are approaching as the, the year ends. I'm sure you're going to do great. <laughs> so, <Thank> you. <laughs> yeah, so as you know, as it ends and you're, you know, you're in the library, you're studying. So even if you met your physical activity requirements for that day, but then you sat for the rest of the day, that still um, has been shown to, you know, increase your risk of like, um, cardio disease or, you know, it's not meant, it's not good for you. So even like the shorter movements, the shorter intervals during the day, you know, I always say like, get up every hour, even if it's a walk to the bathroom and back, you know, walk to the end of the driveway and back, you know, the, the, there's different schools of thought on this, but for like posture, I always say there's no such thing as bad posture, except the same posture. Your body's not supposed to be in the same spot we're, you know, we're, we're supposed to be moving during, during the day. So even if you have 10 minutes and it's a walk or you have 10 minutes and it's a mile run, or you have 10 minutes and you can strength train for those 10 minutes, you're like, I'm going to get a good core workout in, right? Like that 10 minutes is better than no minutes. And then you have more intervals during the day to do your exercise as well. Whoa. I need to just like let that sink in. That is, I think I needed to hear that like so badly. It's not even funny because I, I don't know what it is. I think you were, you grew up as a soccer player. So I feel like this, you'll relate to this, but when you're in that competitive, when you grow up in that competitive environment, Mm -hmm. you do got to, you get told this is a good day. This is a bad day, or this is good movement. This is bad movement. And that's not for better or for worse. But I think the big thing is you cannot take that mentality into this other side of life where you're making the decisions on your own body. Yeah. And so, I think wow. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I think there's also just such a big difference between competitive movement and training movement and sport specific movement. And then, you know, movement for life and moving to protect yourself as you get older. And, you know, especially as, especially as runners, lifelong runners and women, right. Um, protecting our bone health as we, um, from like osteoporosis and osteopenia, you know, that's a decreased bone uh, density and um, women are more apt to get it because after, well, after menopause, (laughs) um, we have reduced estrogen and that affects the way that we can take calcium into our bones. So that's why strength training as women is even more important. So, you know, you're, you're training for sports, you're training for races, but you know, you're also training for life and life can sometimes be harder than a race. So yeah. Totally. Like we do these races to make life seem easy. Yeah. At least that's why I do them. And so I, I am just like, really, my mind is like unlocked to this new world where I'm like, I think 
I need to be less focused on the race and more focused on like Monday through Sunday. Mm -hmm. How do I show up as the best version of myself for like me, my family, my partner, my patients, that kind of stuff versus how can I cross the finish line the fastest I can? Um, Okay. So let's get into the weeds a little bit if you are like wanting to. So you talked about how women, which is the majority of the listeners of our podcast, we're kind of at risk for different things as we go through life. Mm -hmm. If you could tell a 25-year-old anything about that, what would you encourage them to do right now? I think the most important thing for women is to be confident in your movement. So you, wherever you start from is perfect. You know, everyone has a different starting place. The finish line is that we're going to just be our healthiest versions of ourselves possible. There are always, you know, roadblocks and maybe factors that you are having that someone else is not having. But, you know, be confident in your movement, whichever movement that you choose to make your primary one. And then, you know, add that consistency and add that variety in. Wow. Yeah, that's so true, because so rarely do we get told like you need to be like as a woman, it's really hard to be confident every single day. You're the one who chooses that, puts that on for the day. So if you can be confident in movement, I think that carries over to other parts of your life, which is so powerful. You know, you can stand taller. You can, you know, you're, you can be more a presence in your workplace or, you know, when you're standing in front of a group giving a presentation. Right. More grounded too, I think is really big. Like if you have an ability to ground yourself in movement, then also like learning how to do that just mentally. I think that's Mm -hmm. so important being able to ground yourself. Definitely. And then like towards like the, you know, anatomy part of it, like, you know, the, you know, of course I mentioned, you know, kind of preventing, protecting your bones and um, keeping your muscles strong for, you know, risk of falls as we get older or, you know, our balance systems change as we get older. So this is my bread and butter. So I can go into balance if you want me to. Perfect. Okay. So, um, so, you know, balance is a complex system in our body, but three main, three main like ways we keep our balance. So our eyes, um, our proprioception, which is kind of where we feel our joints are in space and, or it could also be known as like sensory integration and then our vestibular system, which is located inside our inner ear, and it lets us know where our head is in space in the environment. So as we age, we actually tend to use our eyes the most um, because the vestibular system and maybe your muscles or your proprioception is affected just due to natural aging causes. So that's why like walking in the dark is like a challenging task for people who get older. But, you know, we can train those balance systems even as we're younger. So they're, you know, you're better off when you're older. And I think starting when you're younger, building those habits is the best way for when you're older, you're not learning a new skill. Like you already have the skill. You're already like, oh, okay. I need to stand with my feet together and my eyes closed so I can work on my proprioceptive balance, or I need to stand on an unstable surface with my eyes closed so I can strengthen my vestibular system. Like we have these, we can have these skills, we can have this knowledge. And then when we're older, you know, if you need a physical therapist or someone next to you while you're practicing, of course, go to the right um, healthcare provider. But, you know, you'll, you'll have the skills, your body will be better adapted to when you need them, when you need your balance to get better when you're older. 
that makes sense <laughs> yeah and I'm just okay. like again it's hitting me I'm like wow this is incredible our bodies are amazing yeah, yeah. the fact that we can like develop this skill set early I think like it's a privilege to age and this is a whole different conversation about aging but I think people at least our age are afraid of aging I mean I think that's very evident and I think it's a privilege to grow old and have all this experience but it's cool to think that we can do stuff now mm -hmm. to help make the transition easier. Mm -hmm. So are there specific things you're able to like kind of help us learn with these within the three kind of areas we learn how to balance? Are there things we can be doing to strengthen the three pillars? Yeah, definitely. So um, for for runners, like specifically, if you're going to be like running or really any, any sport, because you're running mostly in any sport, you have to... Um, ground sport you know on the on land you need single leg stability so practicing standing on one leg um especially on an unstable surface because you're going to get those ankle proprioceptives work working you're going to all those small muscles in your ankle working which is good for injury prevention too especially if you have um sprained ankles like i do from soccer <laughs> um same I, when I say like balance exercises, I usually always say like practice it in a corner. So you're not going to lose your balance. So, you know, if, if there is something going on, but standing heel to toe, it's called tandem. That's a good way. Walking heel to toe. Um, I, I stand like at the end of all my core workouts, I do some balance. So I try to stand on like one leg and close my eyes just to keep those balance systems, um, active. Cause it, it's not just balance. You'll, you'd be surprised. Like thinking about how many times I have to teach an elderly person how to pick something up off the ground, which is just a deadlift. So, you know, so if you're strength training or a squat, which is just a sit to stand, which is getting out of a chair and sitting back down. So, you know, these functional movements that you need for life, you can train when you're younger and then, you know, say you need your hip replaced or something and you need to get out of a chair. Well, you're going to be better off because your body it was stronger to start off with and it had that skill set before. Totally. And I also think just having that variety of movement and kind of incorporating these little things, they just make you more injury resistant overall. So say you do say the thing you really love is running or fill in the blank with whatever. Yeah. If you just do one thing over and over again, it, you strengthen a certain set of muscles and then you weaken or you're not putting as much focus on other sets of muscles. That's at least what I have found in my life. Mm -hmm. So if you kind of incorporate this variety, you may be able to have higher quality and quantity of whatever you want to do if you kind of spread your energy out appropriately. Absolutely. So, I love that. And I think if you like that alone should be the selling point for strength training. So I love that you gave us kind of your like Monday through Sunday plan of how you incorporate yeah. all these things, but other things like specific for women or runners or both that you think in your life has really made a difference. Yeah. So for running after I got injured, I went um, straight into like deep core strengthening. So, you know, you have like layers to your abdominal muscles. So you have your like rectus abdominis, which is like your six pack muscle. Then you have like your obliques and then your transverse abdominis, which is your deepest core muscle is important for stability. So I always say like your core is your abs, but also your glutes. So typically your center of mass is around um, S2, which is like your tailbone. So above it and in front, you have your abs and below it and behind it, you have your glutes. 
So focusing on strengthening your center so that you're able to move more distally is, you know, a big strengthening concept for injury prevention um, for runners too. Um, I think another thing important for runners is power training. So, right. So like every time the difference between walking and running, so walking, you always have one foot on the ground. But running, you have a flight phase. So you're, you're flying through the air. You know, you're leaping basically every time. So you do need some type of power training, which is including strength, but working at a higher velocity. You know, it's, a, it's just the physics formula, but applied to your body. So squat jumps, you know, lunge jumps, um, getting off the ground, working your calf muscles. Um, yeah, that type of in, incorporating that power is going to be definitely important for runners specifically. Um, also just for your cardiovascular health too, um, like high intensity training at a, um, not every day, but like two to three times a week is good, has been shown to help for like cardiovascular health as well. Wow. I, um, I keep saying this, this episode, but my brain is just like totally like a little sponge absorbing all of these things. Like how can I incorporate this into my routine? First off, I did not think about having your center of mass or your core around S2. So if people aren't familiar, your spine has different tiers or like levels to it. And S2 is like kind of the lowest area ish. Mm -hmm. So that is like so crazy to me. You really, honestly, you kind of think it's like right under your sternum because that's the like no, aesthetic like, zone. Lower body. <laughs> yeah. Like if you think about it, that's not true at all. Like the halfway point of your body from all the planes is right around there. So that's yeah. really cool. And I didn't even think about how that's kind of like pelvic floor health too. Exactly. And like glutes and all that stuff. Yeah. And wow. It just goes to show that we do need to listen to our healthcare providers because they have the training to properly yeah. tell us things. And going back to like women too, um, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a pelvic floor like specialist, but you mentioned that and like, you know, if, if, you know, having kids or a family is something you'd like to do as a woman, um, it's one of the hardest things your body's going to go through. Right. So right. training before it, especially that your pelvic floor and your core, and then also your endurance and then training after it and making sure, you know, you're, you're safe and you're stable too, after, um, you know, going through childbirth. So that's another way you could incorporate strength training for women specific as well. Yeah. I just saw a post, it was around the New York city marathon and they said that, um, women that have kids or people that have kids are, it's like equivalent to running like a marathon every month and no one trains for it. And I don't know if that's like evidence-based hundred percent, but I saw it was a company that was like putting out a campaign for something. Mm -hmm. And I never even thought about that, that like you're essentially doing like nine months of like performance activity, your body's performing these things. And that is just incredible to think about. But also just as you said, if you can be active and think about these things and kind of anticipate them, like your body will transition probably a little more smoothly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There, so I you love know, there's that. always outliers or things that, you know, you can't plan for totally. in life, but, um, it, you can plan as much as you can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the power training thing that you said is so cool and mm -hmm. so important. And if you do really think about it, like r I always thought like running is running and then there's all the other things that your body can do. And that's just not true at all. It's like that flight phase is mm -hmm. so true. It's like plyometrics or things that kind of put you in the air. Mm -hmm. Scare me. 
but are really important <laughs> because it makes running better. Yeah. So I think you don't have to run faster to get faster. Sometimes you need to incorporate these other things to like become a more comprehensive athlete. Yeah, definitely. I think oh, that's, that's so cool. Said. <laughs> yeah. And then it's funny when you said the cardiovascular thing, because I have a lot of patients where, um, they will say like, oh, I'm too busy to work out. I'm running around for too many other things. And I'm like, well, you can run around all day for other people, but you need to go on a walk for yourself. Yeah, so you can't take care of other people if you don't take care of yourself. Right, right. A hundred percent. And I think taking that space mentally too, to just to like show up for yourself every day, it does really go a long way. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. We've hit a lot of things that I was really excited to talk about, but I guess we talked a little bit about incorporating strength. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you feel like would be really helpful for listeners of the podcast to like incorporate into their daily life, whether they're a runner or maybe they have no idea what they want to do and haven't found that movement yet? Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice for someone kind of in that headspace? Yeah, I think a warm up is super important. I am not the best at that. I am trying. That is that is a goal of mine is to get better. I've started stretching and now can I warm up? I'm always like, Oh, I'll warm up in the first mile, but it's just not true. Like you're, you have to like a dynamic warm up is going to be the best way for injury prevention and, you know, the best for your, your muscles as you take on whatever workout you're doing. So, um, dynamically move, moving is the best way to warm up. So, you know, jogging, uh, Frankensteins, like high kicks, opening your hips up, closing your hips getting your range of motion in while you're moving the muscle is going to be the best way to warm up. And then stretching after is definitely two bookends that people just kind of ignore sometimes, including myself, but trying to get better at it. Practice what I preach a little bit with those. Totally. I, um, this is like so funny today because literally today I thought, okay, I want to get better at warming up and I want to get better at cooling down because I am feeling my body change a little bit. Like I'm not being as resilient as I, like I can't just sit down after a run and feel totally fine the next day. Like I am starting to notice my body like takes a little bit longer to recover, you know, all the things that you kind of just feel as you get a little bit older, but which is totally okay. So I'm trying to be realistic about it. But today I literally told myself, Caroline, you'll just stop a mile and a half in and do a couple stretches. And that's just like not a warm up. That's an excuse for a warm up. <laughs> no, I this year I did um cuz races are so expensive so I try not to sign up for all of the ones I want to do but this year I warmed up before every race and it was my best racing year in a while so I was like maybe it's the warm ups maybe it's the increased strength training I don't know but it's coming together. Okay, that sells me right there. Like the <laughs> fact that you just said that cuz that's why I have such a hard time with it because these are the things that if you do them all the time, you don't really see any benefits. You just continue to run yeah. versus like if you get injured, you're like, I really have to stretch, you know? So the fact that you're seeing actual maybe yeah. potential gains from it is mm-hmm. like, I don't know, I'm being pushed to the other side of warm up, cool down athletes now. Yeah. I mean, you when you are in organized sports, you warm up and cool down all the time. And I mean, right. I did that forever until I was... 22 and then you know stop playing college soccer and then all of a sudden it's just like okay now I'm just gonna just go for a run you just totally just forget about those bookend components of the workout um but I I mean I think it's made a difference (laughs) 
Okay, I'm going to be converted and I'm going to try it now because (laughs) I need to get better at this and just be more realistic that like if I want to continue to do this for my entire life, I need to incorporate other things that aren't just showing up and running three miles. Exactly. And I think so I'm turning 29 on Tuesday. So I'm like, oh, I'm almost almost at 30. So we better start taking care of ourselves. Congrats. That's exciting. We're trying to celebrate birthdays and not just be, I mean, feel as you need to feel, but I'm trying to get better at being like, yeah, I feel young. That's like a Mm -hmm. state of mental kind of like energy. And we just need to take our body for kind of wherever they show up for us. So last year when I turned 28, I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many things I haven't done. I only have two more years. How am I going to hike all the New Hampshire 4,000 footers in two years? I I'm not even halfway through like crazy goals that I set that I needed to get done by 30. And I think I've spent my 28th year really realizing that it doesn't matter if I get it done by 30 or not. And just trying to be much more open about like just, you know, doing things as they come. And I think that's like, just like that mental health component of strength training, running fitness is like, you know, you're, in track, you're like, I got to get this time. This is the split I need to get. And you put so much focus and energy into that. And then sometimes it could be hard to find yourself as an athlete after you leave the organized sports. And I mean, like, I think I'm just fine. Like I'm, I've always kept running, but I think I'm just finding myself back at a place where I could be, I'm not just going to go run a half marathon. Now I'm, you know, I have the strength to do it. I have the, I'm trying to get better at the warm up and cool down. Like I'm, adding these things back in on my own volition rather than a coach telling me to do it. And sometimes that's a, that's a hard skill to learn when you had someone telling you to do it for 22 years. Wow. Yeah. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. And it's almost, you have this touch, at least I'm speaking from my perspective. I almost have a touch of rebellion being like, I don't need that stuff anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm not that 18 year old athlete. I'm doing my own thing. I don't want to do it. So I'm not going to because you really didn't get that choice when you were told to warm up. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird mental stuff that's just kind of like logged away that I need to just acknowledge like I don't feel like warming up today, but I'm not doing this for my team to win. I'm doing this for my body to feel better in 10 years. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, (laughs) I am like just bubbling full of ideas because I have really struggled with this recently. And I think I just wanted to sign up for a half marathon and run it and just get it out of my system. But it's a lot deeper than that. It's like, you kind of need to take your body for where it is and, Mm -hmm. and start incorporating things to ensure that you can move for your entire life, not just for phases that you're training for your circuit marathons. Yeah. And those phases are, can be a part of that journey too, but, um, it really like, fitness movement it can be just so much bigger than that half marathon or that ultra trail race like it's just it really is just an integral part of life and I feel like we miss that sometimes you know there's always so many goals we set with fitness but like maybe it could just be living your best life and it doesn't have to be how fast you get there how heavy you can lift but just you know having the skills the um you know it takes 400 repetitions to learn a new skill but unless unless you are doing it through play so if then then it only takes 10 to 20 repetitions yeah so like even like if you want to work on your balance or your coordination it doesn't have to be standing single leg stance it could be I don't know pickleball is really in so I've been using this example like I have not played that since high school gym class I'm maybe maybe we'll sign up but we'll say with the nose time that I have. 
but you know, or it could be like, I play soccer. I still play co-ed soccer. So, um, you know, that's how I work on like a lot of my sprinting. I also read something that someone after 30, like 80% of people, I don't remember the exact percentage. It was a high percentage after 30 don't sprint anymore. So I was like, yeah. I don't even think after 23, I've sprinted. It's actually so funny you say this because I was working on the, I did a track workout. There's like an indoor speed skating, like Olympic center in Milwaukee that we, there's a 400 and like 38 meter track. So it's kind of the biggest track you can run indoor Mm -hmm. because it's getting so dark now. Yeah. I was like, okay, I need to start showing up for myself and just go to the community track workouts on Tuesday nights. Mm -hmm. And there was a winter conditioning program for kids that were like in high school and middle school and elementary school. And I was like, wow, I remember kind of being one of those kids in these programs. And I was like, I don't think I've ever moved my body that fast. Like I saw them sprinting around the track and there's only three lanes. So I had to kind of fend for myself a little bit. And I was like, I don't think I've ever moved my body like that before. And then and now I'm like, I should try it. Like that yeah. sounds kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So like, <laughs> You know, you're learning that you're learning new skill, but like, you know, do it through like, I don't know, like a sport or something like that. That could be like your play. So I thought thought that was like an interesting thing, too. Like, it doesn't have to be so rigid either. It could just be like signing up to play tennis with your friends and working on your coordination and balance that way. Yeah, that's like a big energy that we like to kind of promote over at in her nature is that play is like not just for cute and fun and games it definitely can be but there's like evidence-based research that shows that play is like really important to your well-being both physically and mentally Mm -hmm. and that it's you can kind of look at it as a silly fun thing but also it's a really serious important tool that you can use in your life to like be a better human you can just show up for yourself and play and I like love that stat that is so powerful to know that like Play literally does help you learn things better. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Brie, I am like just full of like advice and all these things that I feel like I really needed to hear. So I really appreciate your perspective. Like both professionally, you have a really like wide scope and then also just like as a human that we like to do the same things. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And I, you know, it didn't like, like I said, it took me like, I, I still don't think I've got it all down in terms of the fitness thing. You know, there's a lot of like, mental health and like, you know, all that things that kind of go into like fitness and trying to be your, you know, your best self. Um, But I think, like I said, I'm getting there. We're working on it. (laughs) I would love to do like a follow-up episode at some point about like the mental health aspect of movement, because Mm -hmm. I feel like that's, we talked about it tip of the iceberg and I'm starting to wrap my brain around some stuff. So maybe we'll follow up with like a mental health episode, because I think that's something that we all need to hear. And this is just kind of the physical side of like, how do we move our body more holistically? Mm-hmm. And then a follow-up of like, how do we think about all this stuff a little bit more holistically? Definitely. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Well, anything else that you like want to direct viewers to or like want to leave our audience with at all? Hmm. Um, I think I talked about kind of like the functional movements, right? Like, so I just, maybe I should just list them. So they're a squat, a hinge, a push, so like a push up, a pull technique, which is like a, like a pull up, for example, um, a lunge or a carry. So those are like functional strengths that like if you're choosing those five to six exercises, try to choose one of each. Um, and that's like a really like great way to start. Um, if Love you're that. doing like muscular endurance, like I said, like those 20 reps, um, 
and you know just start like two to two times a week I think the official recommendations are like two to three times a week which is like your frequency and then you could you know you can slowly build up that intensity um you know there's lots of different terminology for strength training like overload principle velocity but I think just kind of choosing if we're going to start somewhere start with those those functional components choose an exercise that you like because that's important for consistency and then start with those eight to 12 reps and see where it gets you for strength training I love that you almost can incorporate the play out of it where like you either I'm like a pen and paper person but Mm -hmm. you write some fun like you sit down with a cup of coffee and you look at this outline of like, okay, we have our functional movements and you just think of a bunch of random things that incorporate it, put it into a hat and then pull it out when you're like trying to plan your week or whatever. So you can kind of incorporate that play into these things and that will even help it all just be more fun, which we all need more of. So I love that. Yeah. And there's, they're really like, you can really get so creative with strength training too. You know, there's so many different exercises you could do. So it doesn't ever have to be boring either which I find that right. people may find it like a little like monotonous, like, oh, you're inside, you know, the scenery is not changing, but you know, you're, you're challenging your body in a different way. You're still going to reap the benefits of that exercise. And it's going to make, say, it's not like your primary goal to do strength training, right? It's going to make what you want to do better. Totally. And we did talk about that a ton in our ski episode is like, yeah. and I think it really applies to this too, is that sometimes as people that love to be outdoors, it's really hard to make yourself buy into the idea of like, I need to show up at a gym two or three times a week. But just think about how much better that time outside is going to be when you can like confidently move through whatever you're doing. When I was starting like my strength training journey after my knee injury, um, I actually just would work out outside. Like I just got brought the dumbbells outside. And I just started that way because I was like, I'm outside, but here are my, you know, two sets of dumbbells and I'm going to start outside because it was just easier for me to do because I like to be outside. So that's a, that's a way to maybe get over that hurdle too, if you're starting out. I love that idea because there's also a barrier to access with like, I need to buy a gym membership. Mm -hmm. I need to, you know, now it's another thing I have to do when in reality you can like get the weights that feel good in your hands, give give yourself a couple options and then say you have like a really pretty sunroom or something or like a really nice backyard or say you live in an apartment and you just need to set up a little corner. Exactly. That is so doable. You don't need a lot of space for it. And I right. mean, to be, my dumbbells are from Marshall's. I got them for $7.99. They are huge pink and they, ha- and I don't even like pink. I actually am like anti-pink personally. And they have like sand in them and they got the job done. That's iconic. Yeah. I think that goes to show right there that we can just make everything more fun if you just like have a more open mind about yeah. things. Yeah. Like I do not have fancy like dumbbells at all. No. No. And like I, there is this kind of pressure to make things fancy sometimes. I think we're living in this like really aesthetic kind of age where every, you're seeing so much and you're probably consuming a lot of content on like TikTok and Instagram that are so pretty. And you're like, I can't show up for myself in that way. So I'm not even going to try to do it. When in reality, you just need to like create the time and give yourself the space to like try these things, be bad at them a little bit and then Mm -hmm. grow in the skill. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't, movement does not have to be perfect. Honestly, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't. Yeah, so true. Because we have to be perfect in a lot or try to be perfect in a lot of other avenues of our life. Like Mm -hmm. as healthcare providers, there is a lot of sense of like you need to show up in the best way you can. And sometimes it's really fun just to like make mistakes and 
not have that same perspective. So don't bring it to your your movement if you don't want to. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Okay. Anything else we missed that you want to wrap up? I love that like outline you gave us of functional movement because that's really helpful. I think what I just want to like maybe like end with like my final like just takeaway about like movement for life or strength training for life, you know, incorporating the variety and consistency is like in 30 to 40 years, like what do you want to be doing on a Saturday morning? So for me personally, I want to wake up, I want to have my coffee and I want to go for a run. So what do I need to do now to be able to do that in 30 to 40 years? And for me, I found that it's more core core work. You know, everybody's different, but for me, it's core work. I had to do more unilateral strength training and I have to stretch more and I had to include more variety. So it's like, what are your goals? What are your long-term goals? And 30 to 40 years may seem so far down the road, but you'll still, you know what you're going to want to do in that time. So what do you have to do to get there? Wow. That is so powerful. And I would say if you're, you heard that and it made you like, gave you a little ick inside to think about 30 or 40 years, like that in itself, we need to work through, you know, like I felt that I was like, I don't even want to think about 30 or 40 years, but instead think about it in like an empowering way. Like I get to craft this this life that I get to live. Absolutely. And so think about the most ideal version of that. And I mean, we got to be realistic, but you can get there. Like we just need to be proactive and open-minded about things and taking yeah. steps early. And I will also say, if you have no idea what you want to do in 30 to 40 years, yeah, try a bunch of different stuff and see what feels really fun to you. Definitely. that That's such good advice. That's really, yeah, that's amazing. And then like, you know, a lot of like, for example, a lot of my patients will be like, oh, like it's because I'm getting older. It doesn't have to be. You can, you can fix things no matter what age you can work on things, no matter what age you, it doesn't have to be because you're older. Um, like I said, totally. there's roadblocks to every, no one person is the same, but you know, um, you know, just do the things now you want to do so you can keep doing them as long as you want to. That is like so beautifully said. I am so excited about this episode. It's so different than anything we've talked about. There's a season for everything. And while we do these cool outdoor things, it's also really important to just like show up for ourselves every single day. I love that. I think that's so powerful. Yeah. Bree, thank you so much for your experience and your advice. And I just am so excited to continue talking about these things with you because I think our audience is just going to love it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, for I'll just say like I sent Caroline a DM because I was I'm getting into podcasts and this one popped up on my recommendations and I just I just was like I was I was enamored by it I was like this is so cool like I've never thought about surfing before but now I know the basics of surfing or you know like I didn't it was just it's just it's a great podcast so I sent Caroline a DM like just kind of asking to share my um, experience with like movement and she agreed so thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm so grateful. And I will give a quick plug. We have a lot of people that are not technically professional athletes. Actually, that's kind of like my perspective. I really want to highlight is Mm -hmm. everyone has experience. That's important for someone else to hear. Mm -hmm. I have these conversations with friends all the time and I'm like, I think it would be helpful for someone else to listen to this. Even if it's not professional advice, like, you know, something that will help someone else. So if you have an idea or want to be on the pod, shoot us a DM. We're happy to hear what you have to say. (laughs) Amazing. 
You can find us over at In Her Nature Pod on Instagram and TikTok. If you like today's episode, please share it with a friend, rate, and review us where you listen. We are currently looking for podcast sponsors and advertising partners that align well with our brand, so reach out if you'd like to work with us. Music today by Tommy Z with The Porch Flowers, and our logo is done by the amazing Riley Johnson at rej.creative. Don't forget, the stuff is in your nature.